Welcome back into the mental game. As you can see, I have a very special guest with me. She is my number one fan, my hairstylist, probably the person that I make fun of the most. It is my mom, Debbie Seho. I normally call her Debbie, but I'll call her mom on this episode. Hi, mom. Hi, Brandon. Isn't this weird? This is very weird. What did you think when I asked uh, you to come on? come on the podcast actually i was very honored because i think this is a big big issue that needs to be addressed and i'm nervous but i'm very excited <laughs> that's a very pr spokeswoman answer so i need you to loosen up and just be yourself <laughs> we have a very very uh weird relationship and close relationship um and so we'll go through all of that obviously with um my mental health background and and the suicidal thoughts and depression that I dealt with. I know I have a lot of parents that ask me how they should deal with it with their kids and I'm not a parent, so I can't really answer that question, so that's why I wanted to have you on. But we're going to start like everyone else. <laughs> it's the big question, what does mental health mean to you? Mental health means to me that you're just comfortable in your own skin. You're not just healthy-wise, body-wise, mm -hmm. but your mental state. Um, it's a very complex question, but you need to be at peace with yourself. And I think a lot of people are confused and that's why they get stressed out and anxiety plays a big part of it. And I just want to be part of helping everybody get better at adapting to this. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, Brady. We got to take this back. All right. It's fine. You're trying, we're not cutting any of this. This is all going to be in the podcast. So that's, that's fine. Whatever. You tried your best to answer the question. Um, it's hard. It's I, hard. I know, but you, but you have dealt with your own like mental health and anxiety your whole life. Yep. Um, where do you think that came from? You know, I don't know if mental health is hereditary or not, but I know that I used to be really anxious all the time and worry all the time. Um, and then finally, after a lot of visits to the ER, my doctor said, you know, maybe your serotonin levels are wrong. So they put me on like an SSR, which is helps with your, just your mind. Mm -hmm. And um, that was like the answer for me. It was that simple. And then all my anxiety went away. All the ailments they thought I had. Like they were physically wrong with me, were not wrong with me. You were for her family and friends that know you. Like you called a lot, worried a lot, um, and I was probably mean about it when you called and checked in a lot. Yep. But I didn't realize what you know. You were just trying to be a, a good mom, going through a divorce, and, and not. Um, Never, obviously never being through that, but trying to just check in and do your best to, to take care of me and Nick. And, um, but the anxiety, what gave you the most anxiety? Just making sure you guys were okay. I mean, when you're responsible for two human beings, it's just, a, it's a big responsibility. Is there, um, did, like you, you mentioned you went to the ER. How many times did you, I mean, like I only knew of a couple times, probably. Oh, probably six and were you having panic attacks well apparently that's what they were but it took like four different doctors to figure out after all those different visits that it was probably just my serotonin levels were just off and it made me worry more than a normal person and i mean i could speak for that because 
I truly believe that if your serotonin levels are off, your mental health is not good. And I really kind of, I mean, can you tell a difference that I'm not as stressed out? Yeah. I, yeah. You're not calling me <laughs> 50 times a day. When but I I'm a very answer. social person too. I know, and I like to be in, from. I like to be very involved and I want to do everything with my kids. So that it wasn't just calling because I was nervous or scared. It was also because I wanted to be with you and know what the heck was going on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if anyone can tell, this is still awkward as we're five minutes into it, but <laughs> I get my personality from you. Um, and that's, I think you're the reason why I do all of this because I wouldn't be comfortable being on camera or being loud like you are. He's always shushing me by the minute. Well, Every time we go out, shush, shush. That is what I do. See, <laughs> like, stop it. See, now I know you're getting comfortable because you're talking shit about me. <laughs> um, but you've dealt with anxiety throughout your adult life. But like, as a, as a kid, did you have anxiety? What, what, like, you said you didn't know if it was hereditary, hereditary or where it came from, but was there like things and, and I'll like, I think we're probably going to talk about stuff with my life, with your life that we've never talked about before on this. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it. But also, like I said, cause parents ask me all the time how to handle kids who are going through mental health struggles. But was there something that you can point to that maybe gave you that first anxiety or depression or kind of made you feel that way? You know, I can't think of anything through childhood. Um, Growing up, that stressed me out. Um, the only thing I can think of that maybe could have triggered it was, um, unfortunately, my mom and dad situation um, when they split up after many, many, many years of um, marriage. Um, I was extremely upset with my father, and that did take a huge toll on my mental health. So that could have been my maybe when I really realized what mental health was, like I needed to like really regroup and think about everything. Cause it mm -hmm. was rough. Well, you and my dad, when did you guys get married? Oh, uh, 1991, maybe. Okay. So you guys were married for I'm terrible on dates. I know I'm terrible at math too. <laughs> um, but I, I say this jokingly, I have no idea how you and dad got married. You guys are just two totally. A different. lot of people say that. You two are a lot, two different people. Exactly. I, I, I love you both equally, um, but like you, I experienced parents splitting up. I think I was twelve, um, and and so I guess I can kind of relate to that. I don't think I was mad at either one of you. It was just like, it was just different. But now it's like normal to me. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. I love both of you equally. Exactly. Well, it's more, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's a little more acceptable for um, things not to last as long as they used to back in the day, which isn't a good thing because you don't get married to get divorced, but it happens. Um, but the situation with my dad was he just, he hurt my mom. He cheated on my mom. And that really upset me because mm -hmm. um, my mom did everything for my family. So I think that's why I was, there was anger involved. Did but we got, we got work through it. My dad and I worked through it. Yeah, well, one thing that you had really special with your dad, and I saw this on Facebook yesterday because it came up as like a memory from whenever he mm -hmm. passed away, was that every night at what time would he call? Eight o'clock. And he did that for how many years? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Five, six, seven years. Long time. Yeah. And so... Um, Even when I was at work, if I was closing down the store doing hair, the girls knew to go get the phone and answer it <laughs> and say, hey, Debbie's you know, counting the register. Hold on a second. They even knew how important it was to me. And you, um, 
just like I said with you and dad, like you love both of your parents equally. Um, you've had to go through as many people do losing both of them. Um, yep. Would you say that those, those two, those two deaths were probably the toughest things that you've been through? My mom's death just two years ago was the hardest. Um, but because I'm in a really good mental state where I accept um, goods and bads and ups and downs a little better than I used to, I handled her her situation uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even today, like I think I'm, I think you mourn more years later than you do it during the process. And so I just miss her every day. It's, it's all, well, you know how close we were. Yep. Oh my gosh. She was my buddy. What, um, with, with, with everything that happened with, I guess me, the, I'm so bad at doing this interview cause I'm not used to interviewing my mom. I know this is, a little it, different. It, it's so weird. Um, but the main reason I, I wanted to give people some background on, on you and how you grew up and, and the family situation with us and the Sejos and, and, you know, me and Nick, Nick's, 18 months younger than me. Um, he's more of the quiet one, smart one. Uh, I'm the loud and... Um, you guys are smart in different ways. Thanks, Mom. That means a lot. Um, but that's just kind of like... I don't mean it in a bad way. I, I know that. But that's just kind of our our family background. With with everything, though, like I know your, your mom and dad passing away had to be super, super tough for you, like you just said. But what was the last year and change like with me going through what I went through um because I get so many parents that ask how can they help their kid and I mean our story is pretty much like what most people's stories are that I hear that like you didn't really know no and 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 I I didn't know I mean looking back I there there was definitely um some signs or things that I knew even Nick would say to me, why don't you discipline him more? Or why aren't you mad at him more? Like if you would go out, you know, get home late or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, just because my answer to him was, you just don't understand. You're not a parent. He's different than you. He's very sensitive. I just gotta, I just gotta make sure that I do it right. And I, and at that time I didn't know why I felt that way, but apparently I knew that you were overly sensitive or something back in the day because I worried about it all the time. I worried all the time. Even though you were just Mr. Happy all the time, there still was a little part of me that knew that you were very um, sensitive. I used the word sensitive, but maybe it was more mental health. I don't know. I was a bitch. (laughs) That's what I said. But that's what I, that's what I said when I eventually checked in. I said, I just don't want to be like a bitch. And that's what, the, what do you mean when you say you're like a bitch? Like I'm just sensitive and, and, and overly emotional as a man, which is like the stigma with mental health. And I just always thought I was super emotional. Um, I mentioned that my first suicidal thought was when I was 14. Um, and I've told a story of like walking into the kitchen, pulling out a knife, and then you like got up to like randomly go grab something out of the kitchen and I slammed it away and went to bed. Do you have any recollection of that night at all? I don't. I that's when you brought that up. I, I have no recollection, but I will say I truly believe in a mom's intuition. Just like the night I called you out of nowhere 
of your last episode or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, you said I just I happened to call you at the right moment. I mean, don't hesitate to call is all I can say. As much even it pissed you off and I called a million times, I just knew that I needed to. There's just something. I think mom's intuition is there. Listen to it. Well, you, um, I mean, you're definitely the reason why I'm still here. I tell people that all the time that I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for you because those nights of me walking home drunk thinking about jumping off a bridge or, or, or doing different things to take my own life, I could never do it because I would never want you to have to go through the pain of losing a child. And I, one, want to tell you that none of like what happened was your fault or, or, or you handled it wrong you just didn't know and so that's why I want to open up and talk about and go through from 14 like we just talked about all the way through to the last year so that people can relate and maybe take something from our story um but yeah high school was was pretty um up and down with emotions and I think I always wanted to be somebody that married their high school sweetheart and was with somebody their whole time or their whole life, and I've never really had that, and so that was just that alone feeling that I kept dealing with my entire life. Um, did you know that I felt alone? No. No, because you were so happy and just busy. And now I will say this. I knew that you wanted a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you've made that apparent that you wanted to have, I knew you really wanted a girlfriend. Um, but no, I didn't know it was, alone to that degree at all um like i said i always knew you were sensitive or something i, I couldn't I, I couldn't put my finger on it maybe that's because we're so uneducated about mental health did you ever like th think about asking me in, in those high school years if like i mean i was very standoffish because of how like paranoid you were when i was a kid about different things but did you ever think about like asking me about anything with mental health. I'm not like putting pressure on you. It's like, like anything at all. No, I think, I think with me calling and just checking in and saying, are you okay? Are you happy? To me, that was me checking in. I didn't know to take it that deep, you know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know. And so when you wrote your letter and said, I was the reason why you couldn't commit suicide. Um, it, it just, it shocked me. Well, everything has shocked me, but um, I feel I feel guilty that I couldn't be. I, I didn't know, and I, I wasn't there for you. And I I went through a really that weekend was rough. I mean, I it, I was so sad and so. And then one of my um, friends said to me, "The reason he couldn't take his life is because of you." So that should be a compliment to you that. You know what I mean? That you instilled mm -hmm. love in him enough that he couldn't do it. So maybe you didn't know he had mental problems, but you instilled in him enough and he didn't do it. But it's been a roller coaster ride with my emotions. Well, I, one, I don't want you to feel guilty because there's nothing that like you did wrong. It was just me experiencing life on my own. I think there's, you know. Well, you're very independent. I am very independent. You've very been very, you were, you were, uh, three the first time i dropped you off at a um daycare three or four at a daycare like to do a fun little three hour thing and you know you're like 
later. And I'm like crying, walking to the car. And then, you know, Nick, I couldn't get to go to school. So it was just two totally different people. And you just have always been independent. So that independence, I wanted to give you that independence because you've always been like that. But I didn't know that you were suffering. Well, and that was, that's like the balance that parents asked me. I was like, how do you ask? How do you approach that situation? Um, looking back now at like high school and college, because I would start, you know, drinking more in college and partying and, and the alone feeling was more and I was going through suicidal thoughts all through. I mean, did I'm just asking this genuinely. Did I ever tell you about feeling suicidal until that last night where, you know, we all met at Zach's? No. You have never brought it up. You you have shown me signs of sadness and like tears, like when you talk about a breakup with a girlfriend or whatever, but no, nothing. And that's why we, it's just, I, I feel, to be honest with you, I feel kind of stupid that I, as smart as I am, how could I not know this? How could I not help? Well, so that- I struggle with that very much. Well, you're not stupid. Um, I know that for a fact. But I think that's the thing is that, like, I hid it from everybody. Um, you did hide it from everybody. And and, and my the, the same friend I'm referring to said um, to me that um, you were so good at hiding it, but you also didn't want to, I don't think you wanted to let me down let me see that side of you. So I think mm-hmm. that's why you, you've you pushed me away in a way at times yeah. so that I didn't see that now that I look back at the situation. I could be wrong. But. No, I think you're right. And that's what I wanted to do. And those feelings of, of you know being alone and suicidal didn't really stop at all throughout. They would come and go like, you know, you have a, a, a good few months or like enjoying college or, you know, first few jobs going well. And then, but it was just, I don't know. I just always, you know, that I've always drank a lot. And so that was like kind of the vice to get away from it. And, um, it was just, I don't know. It's still kind of weird talk. We're talking about stuff that we've really never talked about before. So that's just kind of weird in in its own. Um, well, how often did you think about suicide? Probably, I don't know. It wasn't like every day throughout high school and college, but high school was only like a handful of times. College, it was probably every two, three, four months. It would just pop up when you're, you know, drunk and alone. And like well, just- can I can I ask because I I don't know what goes in your mind when you feel like that. What what what's happening? Like, are you? Are you just sad? Are you mad? Are you what are you when you feel something like that? I'm just sad. Um, I've never really had anybody to be there for me, like, and that's why I'm so sad all the time. It's because you want that one soulmate person. Yeah, and so it's, I get um, that. It's hard when you're, you know, you see. You know, your best friend married his high school sweetheart and you hang out with people and you're always the third, the fifth, the seventh wheel, whatever it is. And it's just, it wears and tears on you years after years, 10 years turns into 15 years. And it's like, you have 
pockets of good relationships or things of hope, but it's like, and I've got to do some of the coolest things in the world with, yep. with, with work and, and getting to live my dream as a sports reporter. But that alone feeling of just not having anybody, it eats at you because I've never gone on vacation with somebody. I've had a few holidays with people. I've never been able to, I've never had a date to a wedding. I've never like all the things that you and Josh had experienced together. Like that's my, like I'm gel, not jealous, but like, that's what I want one day. So as weird as we are, you guys are weird. Um, <laughs> I got remarried by the way. Yeah. Josh is my stepdad, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's just the alone feeling. Um, I mean, I, but it's really scary to me. Like to me, like to think about the things like, oh my God, my baby doesn't want to be here anymore. What, you know, why, why, what, you know, and I understand the alone thing. I understand that part of it, but I don't understand with everything else that the world offers, why that wouldn't want to keep you from feeling that alone. But see, that's the difference between if you are that low or you're not. And we don't talk about this issue enough to nobody understands it. I don't but, even know if you understand it. But my it. argument to you would be that like, yeah, you went, you like, you got married, had a successful marriage. Obviously things didn't work out between you and dad and you had some alone time, but then you've met Josh and that's your best friend. And it's like, I've never right. experienced that. So like, it's easy for people like you or other people on the outside yep. that have had, had it be able to say it. And so for, for me to like, like never have it before it's really tough to and that's the thing and i don't we're not i don't want to say any names of anything but or of any buddy but like i've had two relationships where i thought right you know possibly it could work the last one was the one that like sent me into this spot because i finally thought that i was going to have that person and that best friend and then it just like blew up on me and i couldn't take it anymore and that's when i had the nights of like, you know, every single day thinking about what if I just jump off the bridge or what if I'm not here or what if I like there's what else is there to live for? And that's really a weird like I can't even believe that's where I was at. I can't either. Um, A year Wait. ago. And but but that's like the alone feeling. I'm just trying to describe it. I mean, Mom, if I'm going to be completely honest, I've probably had hundreds of nights where I've walked home from bars drunk by myself and like like i've thought about suicide or i've cried myself to sleep and i that's i don't think that's an exaggeration that's just it was almost uh you'd have good pockets of a couple good months during college football season when i'm working a lot or if you know something good was happening with my job or maybe i was dating somebody at the time it was good but i had i i didn't like to sit at home and watch TV and drink by myself because I felt alone. So I would always go out, but I also didn't always, you know, didn't go out with people a lot because people were doing things with their boyfriend or girlfriend or family, or they worked normal nine to five jobs and I'm getting off late. So I'm going out by myself. So I'm not sitting at home alone, but then I'm feeling alone because I'm drunk by myself at the bar or partying with people that maybe, you know, I don't really know that well. And so by the end of the night, it's that same alone feeling. Um, but it's just crazy that like, cause you, I mean, we're pretty close. We're, cl- we are very close. Um, but 
you won't let me. But we don't talk about everything. Well, you won't let me in all the way. And you, you like to um, like to be independent still. <laughs> I didn't know how so, you were going to phrase that. We, you know, I wish and I feel do feel like there's been many times where I've said, hey, let's let's go do this. Let's go out. But you would you'd be like, no, no, no. I, I got this friends to go to whatever. So, but I got a feeling now that we're talking more and more. Um, you did, you felt alone when you were with us because you wanted what we have and you don't have it and you don't want to be the third wheel. Yeah. Um, I wish it could have been more of a family feeling, but I'm, you know, I don't know. I mean, and I'm sure the drinking plays a part in it. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's part of it for sure. But yeah, I mean, I just like, just looking at the year that everyone that listens to this podcast really oh, knows yeah. about, did did you have any idea that I was like at that point, like even at you know at that time? No, and and I feel terrible saying that, but I'm just being honest because you hid it so well from me. Mm-hmm. Like you were always say, "Mom, I'm fine." Mom, I'm fine. Yeah, everything's good, you know. And I'm sad, but I'm. I mean, when you called me about Ben. When Ben passed away, um, you know, you were crying on the phone and very upset and, but you still made sure that I knew that you were okay. I never want you to worry. Right. And so, exactly. You want to protect, I think it feel like you want to protect me. You want to protect me from knowing all this, but in the long run, I may have been able to help you, mm-hmm. but I, it was, I don't know. You think either one of us knew how to break that wall down to get it. Um, Cause even Nick said to you, you need to talk to mom more, you know, mom, mom can handle it. Talk to mom more. But that wasn't until this year. Right. Well, when I went through everything and going through grandma passing away, uncle Dan passing away, Ben passing away. And then like the, the breakup. And I went through all of this of three months of being suicidal and, just really being miserable every single day and and not wanting to be here. And when I, when the girl that I was dating or woman that I was dating called called Zach's wife because I was suicidal and I was threatening to jump off of a bridge and Zach came and got me and I don't even remember like what the call was like to you to come to Zach's house but I, the funny thing is I happened to call you and you said, uh, like my intuition, like I was saying, and you said, oh, I was just getting ready to call you. Like I called you that night and then you told me. So I, of course I came right over. Um, and it's just, I mean, it, it's just so scary and painful as a parent. So scary. But you'd much like, what? I just remember sitting in the kitchen talking to you guys, trying to figure, like just telling you flat out that I was not going to be alive if I didn't go check in somewhere and get right. help. And, and at that point, I felt like this is awful. This is scary. This is all the above. But then part of me was like, okay, some of this makes sense now why he kind of pushed me away for a while because he didn't want me to see that he was hurting because you were protecting me and I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to say that now. But that night was like, you remember you went to stay the night there and I want you to come home with me, but you didn't. And I, and I was like, I have to, tr-. see, this is the thing with you. <laughs> you are such a strong person. Even though you have this mental health 
issue that you've been going through, Mm -hmm. you are so strong-willed and determined that somehow you were able to come out of it and you trusted the love for me, even though I drove you crazy, and you couldn't do it. Um, and I think I thank God for that. I mean, but I I just I don't understand why I didn't see it. Like I said, you don't want me to feel guilty, but I do. And I, I know, and I don't, I don't want you to feel guilty. And you know, the, the part of the reason is for us kind of healing to have this conversation, but also, like I said, for people to realize, like, do you? This is a hard question to ask, but ever since that night and like the last however long it's been of me kind of going through this recovery. Have you thought about me not being here? Oh, it, I, I get emotionally distraught just thinking about it. I mean, Josh knows. Um, it's it's sickening to think that you might not have been here. I mean, you're my baby. You know? You're my baby. And I just... As happy as you you were, always this is just so difficult. All it does to me is make mental health way more hard to understand than anyone knows because you had a very happy childhood. Mm -hmm. You were a happy kid. Well, you would much rather have that night from hell and conversation about me being suicidal and the things I was going through and figure out a way to get me help than obviously the alternative is what I'm trying to get across to you know, parents and kids that are going through something or adults that are going through something because as hard as that night was, it is what saved my life was that like conversation that's so, so uncomfortable for both of us to have. But if I didn't have that night and you know, if my ex doesn't call Zach, I might not be here. And if you don't call me, to have that conversation, like life's just different. Right. Totally agree. So, you know, I, I may not feel like um, I was able to help you as much as I would have wanted to as, as your mom in this issue. Um, apparently, I must have done enough, you know. Um, but it, it's hard. But but now, seeing, seeing this 360-degree turn... Um, and seeing what you're doing and the impact you're making. And it's just, oh, it's like, it's just amazing. Like I get so worked up because it's just such amazing um, that you're doing this and you're going to help so many people. And I'm just so, I'm so proud. Well, thank you. I didn't pay you to say that. So. No, I'm so proud. And, and and I'll do anything to help. I'll do anything to help. Um well, anyone that knows me loves you. And so that's the, no matter if it's people from that are, you know, family, friends, Even high school. I get on your nerves all the time. Yeah, you get on my nerves all the time. <laughs> um, but they do, because they, they know that you're the reason why I'm here, why I'm the way I am. Me talking about it publicly and like putting out that letter and, and like how hard it was that to get used to just me talking about suicide every single day as a like that's what i do for a living now almost well reading the letter for the first time was obviously devastating i sent it to you before i posted it yeah okay was obviously uh 
just devastating um, because I thought I was a good mom and I thought I did everything right. And, and I'm not saying that I didn't. I know, you, you know, you told me not to be guilty, but as a mom, you can't help it. Um, but now seeing what you're doing, like I said, I, I'm just blown away and I feel like this is the reason why you're here. We're going to make a difference. And I'm including myself. Yeah, you're part of the group, I guess. We're, you're going to make a difference. We're going to, we're going to get people to talk more about it and understand it. Because, you know, back in my day, there was never any discussion about mental health. It, mm. If you, somebody was goofy or upset, you know, people would say, I'll oh, just figure it out. Come on. You know, there was never like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? So I'm glad to see that happening now more. Well, that's the whole reason why. You know, I started this was from that letter, seeing all the messages and comments and, and, and emails and calls. This little sports reporter from Cincinnati can maybe help some people kind of turn the page and go reach out for help or go to therapy. What if I reach out to the NFL players I know or the athletes or yep. reach out to celebrities, whoever, um, because we have to talk about it more. Um, it's amazing to me how many people that are it, it, it doesn't discriminate, you know, the mental illness or. Do you, do you say mental illness or mental health? It's, I mean, I, I it, is, really it is mental illness, but I like to talk about it in mental health. Just like to say mental health because it just sounds healthier or better. Yeah, but. because, I mean, it's just, you know, the mental health is just as important as if you have a heart condition or asthma or whatever. And it's not addressed that way in society still. And even, even through like insurance and just normal conversations every day, you know, you don't see much on mental health. Do you, um, me checking into a, a mental health hospital, the Linder Center of Hope in, in Mason near Cincinnati, saved my life. Amazing place. I learned a lot about just how to deal with depression and grief and, and anxiety and setting boundaries and healthy coping mechanisms, unhealthy coping mechanisms, medicine, different things. Um, seeing me go there and, and getting out, putting out the letter kind of telling my story and then going back to work. When did you see me kind of turn the corner, I guess? You know, when you first got out, I definitely obviously saw a change, but I said things still it took a little more time mm -hmm. for you to kind of let those walls down. Um, because you didn't want, for all those years, you put that wall up. So I wouldn't know. And I would, now I, you'll let me know. You'll, it's nice. Cause you'll call me now and say, hey, you know, Sorry, I was rude. I was just short. I was busy or whatever, you know. And before, you would never do that. Yeah. You would never do that. Um, do I worry about your mental health now? It's funny. Um, you think I would, but you're such a strong person in what you've gone through and what you're doing. I feel like, especially in the not, the not drinking, because I think drinking does play a big part in it. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about it as much because I feel like, I mean, I know I'm not stupid. I know it, people can relapse and stuff like that but you're doing what you need to do to stay healthy but not a lot of people can do that yeah and i think like i've been through what i hope and think is the worst you know depression of my life um but well, I, I just know how to handle things better well that's what i was gonna say i think that you thought and you thought you thought that i couldn't handle stuff and that's why i said when nick said mom can handle stuff believe me we've been through a lot of stuff you just don't know yeah. and so now that you know i can handle stuff um you know if you would have known that 10 years ago and not put that wall up as much you know because you didn't want to hurt scare me um maybe 
I could have helped you more. So mm-hmm. like, I guess my message is, you know, to kids that are out there um, or people that are suffering, um, your parents or friends can handle more than you think. But they Let also, them in. But they also can't handle everything. And I learned that with the woman I was dating, with with Zach and his wife. Like they want to help you as much as they can, but sometimes there's things that are out of right your control or out of your hands. Like I had to go talk with Absolutely a therapist, psychiatrist, did. go check in somewhere and get help like that because of where I was at, where I was suicidal. But you should be able to have that open line of communication with family, with friends, and not be afraid to have those conversations because the people that love you would much rather you be here to have that conversation and find a way to help you than you not be here. Okay, so this is going to put you on the spot. Okay. But why, so why didn't you come to me? You know I'm a strong woman. Why couldn't you come to me and say, Mom, I'm suicidal, I need help? Like, why do you think you did not come to me? I don't know. I really don't know. I pretty much told Zach and that was it. Um, I mean, did you feel embarrassed? Not embarrassed. No, I don't think so. I just, I was trying to get through it. And then you just get in this kind of mundane spot of just keep riding the lows and just keep drinking and keep kind of coasting through life and autopilot. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of embarrassing maybe a little bit, but I don't know. I just, we never really talked about our emotions together. And I think. I was just trying to get through it on my own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know why. And that's like why I tell people to please do tell your parents, tell your friends, tell like it's, you'd much rather have the conversation than not have a chance to have the conversation. Right. Um, what would, what would be your advice to like parents who ask me what they should do or how to handle it? you know, after they learn of their, their, their kid being, uh, depressed or dealing with anxiety or suicidal thoughts, like what's what advice do you give parents? You know, the most that I've learned from this whole situation is having an open mind and learn with you Mm -hmm. about what's going on. What can we do? Be, be interactive, um, but also know when to just listen and not push too hard too, because that's pushing too hard can be worse, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely a happy medium, but you just got to start using the uh, resources that are out there, and there is resources that are coming. It seems like there, are, you know, things are coming more and more. But um, look, I was probably afraid. To like maybe come to you and say, why are you drinking so much? Or why are you doing this or whatever? Because I just want you to be happy all the time. You know, like I I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, don't, I just didn't want, like I said, there had to have been something that I knew you were, I used the word sensitive. And maybe I just knew that there was something that you would trigger you off into. Like you would get really upset about things. Mm-hmm. I used to tell Nick, you just get really upset. I have to parent him differently. But I didn't know. I didn't know why. That's why I I call it mother's intuition, but maybe it was just lack of education of what mental health is. Well, and that's the thing that I take away the most from checking into into a mental health hospital or, or going to therapy is that I love 
obviously the life-saving work that, that people are doing in the mental health profession, but a lot of it is not rocket science. It's just we're never taught or given the tools. So yep. I believe that it should all be taught with math, science, English, totally while agree. you're growing up. And, and, and that way, you know, it's a generational thing and it's starting to turn now. And that's been really cool. And that's why I created the platform. Um, but the last thing I want any parent or for you to feel is the guilt and to ask questions. And I've talked to parents that have dealt with, unfortunately, their kids passing away from suicide and they do ask the questions and they do feel like they were a good parent and they did everything right and their kid was happy. And so I just truly believe that talking saves lives. If you talk about it more like we're doing here or talking about it at school or at work or with your friends, with your family, it will help somebody listening go get help or maybe somebody that you love come to you and be yeah. honest about what they're going through. Um, so I like your sweatshirt that you made. The therapy is cool. Yeah. And, and that's, it's big. That, that's big. That's a big message. When did you start going to therapy? Um, gosh. Um, kind of when you and my, you and your dad when we were splitting up, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be the best parent I could be being divorced. Like I said, I, you know, you don't get married to get divorced. It's not, it wasn't the thing. Luckily I was, I, I found Josh and, and, and things are, you know, really cool and great. Um, but we went to therapy together to make sure we knew how to kind of blend, blend the families. I don't think, I think therapy is wonderful. I, I think you're, I think people are crazy if they don't go to therapy because you need, everybody needs to talk to somebody. Right. Well, I use that term crazy. I know. Loosely. It's fine. It's fine. Well, In my generation, we were allowed to say the word crazy. Well, you are crazy. So. Well, I am crazy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about or can I leave now? <laughs> he, he wants to leave. No, I'm kidding. It was, I, I do. Well, I mean, what else do you want to go? Well, you are the hardest working person that I know. And I think I get that from you. And. You know, it hasn't been easy since all that stuff happened with me. And so thank you for supporting me emotionally and being there for me and, and not worrying as much because you feel like, you know, I've gone through the worst and I feel like I have and I'm in yeah. a good spot mentally where life isn't great. It's not easy now, but it's still, I have the tools. Yeah, you have the tools and you're using them. I can tell you're using them. Um I mean, you're still, you know, you kind of push me away sometimes still, but that's okay. That's just our relationship. You like to be Mr. Independent. Do we want to share my nickname for you on this or no? He calls me bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't, I don't know how it started, but <laughs> if I don't, you think something's wrong. Yeah. You'll text me, hey, bitch, what's up? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we have a very weird relationship, <laughs> but, I, you know. We do. We, we do. We are very close. And we talk about how we have this wall up, but it, and I really truly believe, and I said this to him a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Um, I truly believe you put like walls up with me to protect me because he loves me that much. Yeah, because he didn't want me to see his pain. Um, even though, like I said, I I knew it was there. I just didn't know what it was. Well, thank you for giving me the space to figure it out, but also being there when I needed you. Um. I love you. I love you. <laughs> you weird. know that. I know. It's you weird know to that. say that on camera. Um, it is. Thank you for doing this and for kind of giving parents an idea of what to do or what to say or how to react and 
and help their kids. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? Um, well, thank you, obviously. Um, it was very hard to book you. I had to go through your, your publicist. You and, did. Yeah. You did. I'm so busy. Um, <laughs> my, you know, uh, as painful as this has been um, for me and Brandon to go through, there's a huge message and that's what he's doing is breaking the stigma. And if I can do anything to help anybody out there too, understand it and move forward, I, I, I'm there for him. Love the message, Debbie. <laughs> I called you Debbie at the end. All right. So that's it. This is a very interesting, awkward, but good. It was good. I episode. think it was really good. It was hard, um, but it was good. All right. Well, that's what she said. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. That has to be it. Um, I don't know who the guest is going to be next week yet on The Mental Game, but we will see everybody right back here on The Mental Game.